This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. What's on your travel bucket list? I have eco-friendly safari in Botswana and to add some variety, Finland's Arctic Circle. Today, we speak to a company that is cashing in on this growing trend of bespoke travel that is estimated to grow to US $2.7 trillion industry by 2032, thanks to an increase in wealthy travellers who are willing to pay for that unforgettable experience. We speak to Chloe Chan, Executive Director of Chan Brothers Prestige, who is cashing in on this trend. Uh, First off, Chloe, I think an introduction is needed because Chan Brothers is, of course, one of the largest Singapore travel agencies. It's a family business, uh, still remaining private. So not a small business by any means, because I, I read that um, there are earnings of $200 million sing dollars. But let's start with the obvious. Is the business back to pre-pandemic levels? So in terms of the pre-pandemic, I wouldn't say that the business is completely back to pre-pandemic, like the highs of 2019. I would say that it's 80% of pre-pandemic levels. Um, In terms of the traveling patterns, that has definitely changed as well. We see more people um, looking to go for a longer holiday and also people looking to go for more exotic destinations. So in terms of the numbers and the kind of requests that we're getting, it's quite different. Uh, we see a lot of requests for exotic destinations like Bhutan, Tibet, Mongolia, South America, South Africa, Egypt. These places are top of the list in a lot of people's minds. So I think people are, you know, perhaps thinking that um, after a pandemic, you know, we need to emphasize living life and not just, you know, working all the time and, you know, making time for family and experiences. So I definitely see um, people putting more emphasis on um, uh, holidays and people also revenge travel, travel up to three, four times a year. Um, another trend that we also see is solo travelers. So we have a couple, um, quite a few number of people who inquire and ask for, you know, one person. Um, they just want to go on their own. There's a long history to Chan Brothers. Started in 1965 by your grandfather, a first yes. generation uh, immigrant. Now, 58 years later, countless destinations. But is the challenge for a travel company that is based in Singapore the size of Singapore and the population, which is only about 5.5 million people. Um, yeah, Singapore is pretty wealthy. The median net worth of a Singaporean is 125,000 Singapore dollars. And of course, you enjoy a strong dollar. But how does Chan Brother continue to grow or do you see top line plateauing? Or So we've always looked at um, the region as a market as opposed to just locally. So for instance, we actually have an office in Malaysia. We have about 40 to 50 Chance World Leisure Link, and that's targeting on the Malaysia market where we sell packages geared towards the Malaysia market. We also are in a JV with an Indonesia, Panorama. And so we have an office in Indonesia. Um, there was a couple of, uh, many years back, that was established. We also have an office in Chengdu where we're targeting the Chinese market. So we're bringing our brand of operational efficiency, our brand of innovation, of creative itineraries to these different um, regions, uh, these different countries, and to really offer their consumers a taste and what we can offer to our consumers back here in Singapore. Okay, so their ambitions to be a regional travel company. But 
if I look, at, and I'm guessing here because you're a private company, I would assume that most of the earnings are still the organized tours, even before COVID-19. But the way we have traveled has changed so much, you know, in the last five, 10 years. It's so easy now to plan and book a holiday completely without even leaving your desk. All you literally need is a good Wi-Fi connection, a notebook, a computer, uh, uh, even your phone, and honestly, a credit card. So how does Chan Brothers intend to stay relevant, especially with this batch of independent travellers who like to organise their own holidays? So I would say that, yes, in fact, um, the, you know, the prevalence of um, OTAs, you know, on our apps and our phones make it super easy to book a holiday. I think people have um, come to that maturity, I wouldn't say sorry, maturity, um, but rather they've experienced and they've traveled so much that they understand that the relevance and importance of a travel advisor. So I'm sure people have experienced, um, you know, going to a hotel that was not as advertised or perhaps going to um, a island and realizing the last ferry has departed. Also, they've perhaps experienced Airbnb where, you know, you, you hear stories about um, cleaning charges that were exorbitant. And I think people are going back to um, plan itineraries where someone actually plans for them and they have their ease of mind. In addition, I think the travel packages like the series tour, they cater a different to a different segment for free and easy um, travelers who might be very willing and happy to plan on their own. So they cater very much to families, to um, elderly, to people who are at the age of life where you know, they're so busy with work, with mm-hmm. the children, that they don't want to spend um, their weekends and um, fretting over whether their next holiday is well-planned and, you know, going to the nitty-gritty. So I think different segments have their own market. So for us, for Prestige, we cater very much to those who do not want to plan their own holidays, who want someone to take over their holiday planning, who need someone to be their reliable and trusted personal travel advisor. And so that's really the service that we're offering. We're offering, um, to a certain extent, a concert service where people are able to reach out to us, like their private banker, and then we plan you know, their most treasured time with their family and friends. So this division, this prestige division started in 2017, right? Clearly there's the demand for it. But help me understand, how does this compare to the rest of Chan Brothers, the mass market uh, tours in terms of pricing, in terms of experience? Is there a big difference? I would say that, yes, there is a big difference. So for instance, for the series side, it's a fixed date departure and all the uh, itinerary is already fixed. Mm. And so you join a group and basically... Off you go. Yeah, off you go. You join a group and there's a fixed itinerary and a fixed departure date. Whereas for us, we customize everything individually to what the customer wants. And definitely there is also a premium because when you go in a group, there's economy of skill. Whereas for a private tour, you know, you the, the cost is a lot higher when you take in consideration the tour guide. Mm-hmm. In terms of our offerings, we are also a virtual network member, which is a network of luxury travel agents globally. As a percentage of revenue, uh, how much is bespoke uh, prestige currently uh, contributing? How big is this segment? Um, To the whole Chum Brothers series. Yes. Is it a growing segment? Small but growing? 
I think I um I can't reveal the actual percentage numbers, mm-hmm. but I would say that ever since we started in 2017, there has been 50% year-on-year growth. By 2019, we have recouped our investment and now we are at 80% of pre-COVID levels. So it's definitely a growing segment. Is it more profitable though? Because I did a bit of checking. Um, most tours companies are listed, but for my channel checks, profit before tax margins are about four to six for mass tourism. Is premium bespoke higher since there's this service element you can actually impute into the total cost? In terms of our profit margin, I can't reveal, but I would say that it's a little bit different in terms of how we work because a lot of the times um, to get that conversion, you need at least maybe a lot of different inquiries to get that conversion. Even if the profitability is higher, but the amount of labor that is incurred it's also higher than, let's say, selling a fixed itinerary. Okay, so the customer acquisition process is, is a little bit more cumbersome, more time-consuming. but A lot more expensive. And a lot more expensive. Okay, yeah. But, you know, who are these clients that demand bespoke travel that say, you know, I want a Chan Brothers prestige holiday? Is there a certain demographic? I would say that a lot of them um, ranges. So we have um, expats, we have Singaporeans, um, we have um, elderly, we also have uh, millennials, we also have Gen Zs. Everybody. I, I think going into this industry, I was quite surprised because at first I thought, okay, it would just be like um, the 45, 55s and above. But actually doing this, I've realized that it's has it's been quite a wide range because you realize that um, even recently we had um, two Gen Zs with us on a trip. So to Bhutan, and I realized that it, actually Gen Zs are also willing to spend. Yeah, if they have the money or at least their parents' money. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, is this a tough segment to satisfy? Because the concept of bespoke travel is, you know, usually if you can dream it, then we can make it happen. But then that also means that expectations are high. And I'm sure there are many, many unseen moving parts to ensure that every part of the holiday is enjoyable and seamless though. So how do you satisfy customers then? Is it a tough challenge at Chan Brothers Prestige? I think in terms of customer service, we have always put um, customers first in our minds and we always try to satisfy um, what the customer would want. So this means that I'm very much heavily involved in terms of every single case, um, monitoring and ensuring that um, our customers, they are well taken care of um, in terms of making sure that even if we they, they don't um, necessarily, we don't necessarily get like the outcome from our tour operator. We give them. So, for instance, just to give you an example, um, even if our supplier they might not refund us back the money, we will give that refund to our customers because we mm-hmm. want to make sure that um, the customers' expectations and the customers' well-being is 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 at the forefront of our minds. Okay, because there was a recent story in the Singapore Straits Times that, you know, Chan Brothers is taking action against some public figures for statements made in Facebook. So I presume there is a normal dispute resolution process when a customer is happy. So how involved do you all get in when a customer is like, oh, things didn't go right? How do you repair the situation when the person is, let's say, in the midst of his journey or her journey already or on holiday? Um, I think due to the legal um, process that is in place for that particular case, I can't comment, but we have dispute resolution processes in place already. 
And we are always in touch with every single one of our customers throughout the process and not just pre-sales, but on the trip journey process. So we are um, available for them if there's a, any issues for them to reach out to us. Um, and so we always respond very quickly to any sort of um, issues that they might have. So they're not communicating with the chat box, which some people end up doing. Right? No, so no, no. We have, uh, for our groups, we have our tour leaders and for us, we have our travel advisors. And what about the competition? Because um, I'm, in Singapore, there's Intrigue Journey, Dynasty Travel, which are Singapore-based, but you've also got international uh, bespoke travel agents like Abercrombie Travel Talk to us. How does Chan Brothers' uh, prestige differentiate itself? I would say that in terms for this um, segment, we are a startup. Like we are new to the game and we are not as established and as a lot of them. But what we bring to the table is really our customer service and also our um, leveraging on our parents' company network of um, suppliers and also leveraging on their know-how and travel experience. On The Breakfast Rule this morning is Chloe Chan, Executive Director of Chan Brothers Prestige. After the break, can one travel in a sustainable manner? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat this morning is Chloe Chan, Executive Director of Chan Brothers Prestige. Before the break, how profitable is bespoke travel and are tours an outdated way to travel? Now, Chloe, travel was obviously one of the most hardest hit from the pandemic and there are still challenges that remain. Flight costs, I noticed, remains elevated. Hotel room prices are high. We saw that in Europe and US over the summer months. Have you had to raise your tour prices too as a result? Yes, I think in terms of raising prices, we've had had to raise them. Mm. We see that flight prices have increased due to increased fuel prices and hotels. A lot of times, um, we have to we don't have a choice in effect because these are supply side supply chain um, uh, increase in price. Yeah, but uh, do the customers balk at these price increases or does it matter less? Because, I mean, to be honest, with uh, Chan Brothers Prestige, we are talking about a, a certain type of client who can afford these experiences. Um, I would say that it's true that um, because this, this segment of the market is less sensitive to price increases, but generally because of um, U.S. interest rates increasing and inflation. Households have less consumer spending power to spend on leisure items and perhaps things like travel. So they might cut back on um, their number of times a year that they will travel. But because Singapore is such a small country, we don't have domestic tourism. In effect, people will still have to travel. They might just opt to travel less as opposed to you know reducing um, the budget of their holiday, of individual holiday plans. Mm. So do you expect 2024 to be a little bit more challenging than 2023? I would say that um, 20, a lot of analysts prior last year was talking about a recession and now they're talking more of a um, soft landing. So I would say that in terms of the global economic outlook, based on what we're hearing from a lot of the banks and a lot of the analysts, it's definitely going to be a slow growth. Um, it's going to be definitely more challenging um, as interest rates continue to remain high. But I do see that um, people are still willing to spend on travel because um, like Singapore is a small country. And I think people after COVID have realized that, you know, you know, um, 
money should be spent more on experiences than books. And I, I do see a resilience in the travel industry. What about talent? Is that another big challenge? I would imagine for bespoke travel, you would have a certain guide um, to group size, which is lower compared to mass. And even for your partners you use overseas, are there issues with the level of service? Because many experienced hospitality staff did opt for alternative careers during COVID and never never returned. Is that the biggest challenge that Chan Brothers Prestige currently faces? Um, I think that generally across the board, tourism faces a huge amount of manpower crunch. For us, we do face um, talent shortages, so we are always on the lookout for talent. In terms of hotels and um, operators, we do see also um, manpower crunch, but I think how we try to manage that is also in terms of increasing our use of technology. So perhaps um, in terms of um, asking, you know, trying to train uh, our staff to be more efficient when working using technology or um, for hotels um, they might have to use robots um, for operators they might even have to increase their price so therefore we see a lot of um, pressure in terms of the products um, that as are being offered and that's leading to price increase as well okay i have a philosophical question now because I do love to travel, but I also worry about this overdevelopment versus conservation debate that I have. And, you know, in some popular destinations, uh, tourism has become a menace to locals, like like in Venice. They're going to apparently impose a, a local tax if you want to be a day tripper. And some would say this is also affecting a place like Penang. So what do you say? Is there a solution to this um, for prestige, we offer sustainable products. Mm. We also have an offering uh, where when they stay at the lodge, they're able to um, donate their part of their booking goes into conservation and the lodge is designed to have as little impact as possible on the environment. If, so this is like ecotourism, right? Yeah, ecotourism. So set of the power systems, you know, solar and power storage technology to ensure minimal emissions and fuel use. Mm. But I think in terms of, you know, demand, you can't stop people from traveling, but you can make the journey of traveling less environmentally damaging. And I see that on your website. I, I noticed that there are seven ecotourism tours currently being offered. Now, I'm just curious, how much due diligence was carried out to ensure that these tours were true to label so that you don't get accused of, of greenwashing because some people say, oh, that's easy. Just name it ecotourism and then it becomes, you know, it's all right. It's good for the environment when it isn't. So we work with operators who are certified and one of our operators, in fact, has a certification. I can't remember offhand the name mm -hmm. of it, but he's certified by the, the UN body to be a green um, supplier to be um, to have an audit and they've met the marks of a sustainable um, tourism tour operator. So in terms of, of that, we only work with very established suppliers who have who have been audited. Do you expect to, to have more such tours? Is there demand? I think as a whole, because of um, what you mentioned, the increased fuel prices, um, people are not really willing just yet to fork mm -hmm. out extra premium for, you know, carbon offsetting emission mechanisms 
um, sustainable travel because these come at a premium. But we see that demand for sustainable travel actually coming from corporates, corporates who have that CSR responsibility as their motto or who are in the energy segment, who are in this segment and they have to do a um, plan a mice trip that is uh, on the theme of sustainability. So we do get inquiries from more the corporate than from individuals. Hopefully there'll be a, a new trend. Uh, meanwhile, Chloe, you're third generation involved in the family business. I'm always curious about family business. Is it a challenge to deal with various relatives involved in all aspects of the business? For me, it's not really a challenge. I I believe that um, working with family is a great joy. And Provided having... you don't have a fight or disagreement sometimes. <laughs> I think, you know, in every office environment, there will always be differing opinions, but it's how you manage those differing opinions that matter. And especially in a family business, it's all about being able to manage and um, and and relationships and I think that you know I don't really find it so much of a challenge I do feel that working with my relatives it's it's also quite joyful because you actually um, understand them more and you spend more time with them provided you all get along which might be in your case the advantage but I have a question for you uh, just to wrap up what's what are the next hot destinations people should consider that perhaps remain undiscovered for now hmm I would definitely say South America. A lot of people are looking to travel to South America. It's on the bucket list. And so Peru, Bolivia, um, places like these, and especially if you look at uh, Machu Picchu, these are definitely bucket list um, places to go. And so, you know, South America is a hot and upcoming destination. On that note, thank you for your time. Today in the Breakfast Grill was Chloe Chan, Executive Director of Chan Brothers Prestige. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.